everybody, and welcome back to the Four Star Podcast, recording on Overreaction Monday. We have traded Andrew for Tig. Tig is back. Andrew is <laughs> That's <going>. right. Yeah. <laughs> I kidnapped um, him. <laughs> are we getting a player to be named later at some point? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That, or do we have to send one? It's cash considerations. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of cheap. Anyway, I'm your host, Jordan Dupont, joined by Nick Nicola and Tig Mullen. We have a lot to cover today. Uh, unfortunately, we did not get the playoff outlook for the Cubs. We got the season wrap up for the Cubs, who uh, their the cat came through again, didn't he? Um, anyway, Happens. the uh, season was over officially in Game One Sixty One. Um, I know beginning of the year we were like, "Hey, I just hope we're playing meaningful baseball in September." But this hurts. This really hurts because at the beginning of September, I think September 8th, if I remember correctly, we had a 92% chance of making the playoffs. And by September, what, 27th, it was zero. So um, do we have any gut reactions or anything? How, how are we taking this news? I mean, yeah, it's like, do you have any gut reactions? And to me, it's just like, we're so numb. <laughs> to this, everything <laughs> Chicago, like, I don't yeah, know. Thank, thank you, Bears, for making this hurt less. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I remember crying to the heavens about bullpen at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And sure enough, uh, you know, and then it got good. And then it was like, oh, yeah, like, holy cow, like, we, we have something here. Um, and then it just kind of it did all just came crumbling down and it just seemed like those last few games, man, anytime we held a lead, it was like, when's it going to go? And then every time it, it went and that's just really tough. Obviously, we had the toughest schedule to finish it out, like compared to like the Marlins and Diamondbacks. When we played the Braves and the Brewers, which doesn't help. But, you know, what would help is earlier in the year winning the games you're supposed to win. And then we wouldn't even be in that position. So. Well, so it's tag on your butt by the Diamondbacks winning yeah. the series against mm-hmm. the Rockies in that Colorado. series. That series where you got swept by the Marlins all in one run games. Uh, but yeah. I do want to go off at tag your point on the bullpen. It ended up being right because you look at that stretch when the Cubs were playing well, they were really leaning heavily on only just like a few key guys in the bullpen Alzali, Fulmer, Leiter, and somebody else I'm forgetting. But Merriweather was decent. Mer- Merriweather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but you know, by the time it was down the stretch and it's like, okay, the offense is cooling off. We actually need the bullpen to hold the lead. All those guys were hurt. They were going on and off the IL and there was no one else Ross could really lean on. So yeah, these guys, not in these, not used to these high leverage spots. Now you suddenly have to rely on, you know, Palencia to get outs and it's like, mm. and Boxberger coming back and getting outs. I, and like, obviously, and I didn't voice it mainly. Well, two reasons why I've been on the show for a while. I'm just so busy, but also like just, to our group chat was like the moment Alzheimer went down in my head, I was like, Oh, that's it. That's just, it, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. even though it's not all, it doesn't all fall on one guy. We know that. And obviously like, yeah, even I was like, like blew a save before he got hurt. But just when I saw that, I was like, uh Oh, <laughs> like, I was like, we yeah. got to beat everybody by 10 points because otherwise I just, I just, I feel the, the bad juju coming and, uh, and it, and it did unfortunately. So I don't and know, I, man. I don't know. So many questions for this off season, absolutely. I guess. I, I do want to give some credit to Jed and uh, Tom Ricketts, actually, believe it or not. Um, I was reading a couple of passages from their respective uh, season wrap-up interviews. Uh, shout out to Bleacher Nation. They do a great job of covering all that stuff and, and putting the quotes in their daily blogs. Um, 
both of them, it, I mean, first of all, Ricketts said that he expects spending to be similar to what it is this year. Nobody's going to come out and say we're spending over the luxury tax, but he understands that, you know, got to put, put your money where your mouth is. Uh, I believe in Jed's interview, he said, hey, I saw it. Our bullpen collapsed. We need to do a better job of bolstering the bullpen. So already he's talking about making improvements and taking lessons from this year into next year. So, uh, you know, not to, not to switch topics to the bears five minutes in, but a little bit better than a lot of the bears interviews we've been seeing where everybody's just, you know, having diarrhea of the mouth and spouting out just typical coaching phrases. I, in their I hate coach speaks so yeah. much. <laughs> I, we Jed's are actually, Jed's actually is like, up to it. Yeah, I hate coach speak. I know we're already diving into the Bears again. I don't know. We can stay on the Cubs. We can. We can. We're staying on the Cubs. I just we can stay on the Cubs. Jed's at least taking accountability, taking stock, and shooting everybody straight. We need right. to work on the bullpen. That was our biggest point of weakness this year. I would say. Right. Well, it it is also one thing to point that out. You know, to point out the weaknesses in the team. But it's another thing to go out and actually do it. And the question is, is it is as it was, you know, last year we knew going into the season, like the bullpen was going to be an issue. Like Tig said, he knew um, is, are they actually going to go out and do it? And it's not just the bullpen. That's an issue. You've got, if you're, if you're, uh, you got to resign Bellinger. If you're not resigning Bellinger, that's an outfield bat. You got to get corner infields, a big concern, you know, the show a question. Now. The show a question. At least on the topic of Bellinger, since yeah. you brought it up. I don't think – so obviously reassign Cody Bellinger. Yes, yeah. please, for the love of God and all that is holy, bring Cody Bellinger back and put him in a Cubs uniform for multiple years. Mm-hmm. I don't think we need him in the outfield. We've got PCA, and if he doesn't make the roster out of spring training, I will be absolutely shocked. How so you've got, you've got PCA in center to start. You've got Talkman that can rotate in the outfield. You've got Saya and Ian Happ locked up. You've got Alexander Canario, who you can use off of the bench. That's also an excellent outfielder. Put Cody at first. I think. Yeah. Do we need to extend Jamer? We would need to resign we Jamer, correct? Yeah. 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 Resign Jamer. Resign Cody. You've got your corner infield locked up, both uh, with. Who's who's J- going Jamer? on the third? Who's going on the third base market? Because uh, Jamer was Matt, that Matt great. Chapman, but he hasn't been too hot down the stretch either. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I'd be I, don't know. We can... I don't think we need to spend. Big... But that's what. But that's why Bellinger is like a great fit for this team because yeah. he fills two needs. He can rotate in the outfield. And he can play first base. He's elite at both. He's a great hitter. Um. So yeah, we've got Madrigal I, I... off the bench. If you want to give Jamer a rest or play Jamer at first to give Cody a rest, Madrigal is a great contact bat, and he was playing great third base. Mm-hmm. Um. Again, I brought it up last week. Miles Mastroboni was really, really good down that. the stretch. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying he's a, a key piece next year. But if you got to ride with that as a guy off your bench, I'm okay with it as long as he can continue to produce like he was at the end of the year because he was playing out of his freaking mind even at the plate. He was doing yeah. solid. It's kind of funny. I was trying to make a uh, like a troll post about him like a few days ago and I had to look up his stats and I was like, dang it. He has been doing well. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he brought up his season averages and like everything went up and I was like, Oh, all Seriously, right. Cool. I, I think he ended the year. If, if not at just a tick below a two fifty hitter, which 
I know batting averages and everything. I'm not saying it is. He ended the year with like an 82 WRC plus, which is still below average. But considering he started the year at like 40, it's right. It's, it's good to see that improvement. Yeah. So, I mean, I think defensively and position player wise, we actually, again, if you can re-sign Cody and if you can re-sign Jamer, I think you're pretty well set overall. It's really going to come down to pitching, both starting and in the bullpen. And I think the bullpen is obviously the biggest need. You know, we had a lot of guys that were up and down this year in the rotation, but Javier Assad was very nice surprise. Jordan Wicks was awesome coming up from AAA. Um, we've still got guys in the pipeline that are that were playing really well. Um, That's the thing you need one of those guys ben, to make ben the Brown. jump. Like you, you need you need one of those guys to be able to make the jump. Like this year, we thought Hayden Wisniewski was going to make the jump. He didn't really do that, and he ended up getting moved back to the pen. So I think the starting pitching is still, you know, but we're assuming so the rotation next year. We're assuming Strowman is going to take his player option. If he doesn't, he's, he's an idiot. Well, <laughs> he's, yeah. he's not going to get he'll, anything on free agent market. He'll be back at the end of the season. Steel, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Hendricks, I don't know. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. And we honestly, so that's that's another thing from the Ricketts interview I read. There, it's uh, the reaction was it's going to be very likely that Kyle Hendricks is back in a Cubs uniform next year. Okay, that's good. They're but also most likely yeah. going to sign him. But it is another uh, year older. I mean, you know, he looked, looked really good, but. You know, how can you rely on him to do that for another year? Because there was points. So where he ended the season with a 374 ERA, which I think they said was like 20% better than league average, if I remember right from reading the stat. Um, but he was better than league average as a starter this year. And again, okay. the type of pitcher Kyle Hendricks is, you look at similar comps and I'm obviously not saying he's as talented as Greg Maddox is because Greg Maddox was able to do what he did for his entire career, but Greg Maddox pitched what into his forties. I mean, he lasted a really long time when you're not throwing the ball a hundred miles an hour all the time. And, you know, just sitting high eighties, low nineties, it doesn't tend to wear on you as much from what we've seen. So I'd be fully confident that Hendricks can at least have a league average season and be a fourth or fifth starter in the rotation. I feel like you could have said the same thing about Smiley going into this year and look what happened with that. Yeah. That was more uh, it, Hendricks has shown a lot more consistent control. That's fair. Command, that's though. fair. I think Hendricks is better, but it's still, you know, it's still it's still something to look at. I think that's fair. I am a big fan of the old edge of you can never have too much starting pitching. It's like yep. you can never have too many too many cornerbacks on the NFL. Um and with Kyle too, because I remember they talked about it. This is a few months ago, so maybe he's resolved it a bit more. But like, he had to change his mechanics because he did mess up his shoulder, and that's something that he mentioned this year. He's like pretty candid about it. He's like, he's like, I don't feel perfect still. Like, I, I I'm still tweaking these mechanics. So that's something that like, again, Kyle has shown that he's a pretty consistent guy. He knows what he wants. He knows how he wants to pitch. He's smart. Um, but I would also be kind of it's like, yeah, like I'd rather he, he being a a fifth guy because who knows how much longer hopefully hopefully he just keeps it up and then he just keeps throwing like a 3.5 era for the rest of his life at best or at worst but you know we'll see how how his body handles the wear still so are there uh any relievers before we touch on david ross and his situation are there any relievers that we're hoping we can see or bring in or want to see come up from the minors next year I don't know. I'd have to do. Yeah. I'm assuming we're gonna have like a big off season episode. We will. We will dig into it at some yeah, point. Yeah. I don't, okay. I don't have any fine, names. Though. 
Well, moving on to David Ross, then um, it was very strongly hinted at by upper management that David Ross is also returning next year. How do we feel? Uh, I don't know. I mean, (laughs) that's that's a response right there. uh, Uh, I'm I'm whelmed. I am whelmed. Like (laughs) the player, the players like him. The players like. Uh, they the, play for him and they respond to him. I don't think we can deny that. Exactly. But then you got just these these moments where it's just like, Ross, what are you thinking? What what analytics are you looking at to justify this dumb move that I'm sitting here and telling you isn't going to work? Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I got into like a little social media argument with the person that was like, like you're you're as dumb if you think that Ross is a part of the problem. And I was like, are you kidding me? And he was like, he, oh, he called me a casual for saying Ross is part of the problem. And I was like. <laughs> so I have my own podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> with my friends. Yeah, no, but I was, I was just like, I mean, even just in the year, like that whole thing with Atlanta, I think, or yeah, where like PCA comes into pinch run, but then you take them out to instead to play, like, so you don't let him play defense, and then obviously say I should have just caught that ball anyways, but like, and it happens, but it's like if you have PCA in center, yeah. maybe that ball gets caught because he's an aggressive center fielder that knows his range, and just. A- yeah, he and I don't weird, know. He has this weird obsession with like bunting, having guys bunt yeah, really weird spots. Yeah, and every- again, Jed said, "I'm not a fan of it, flat out." Okay, so hopefully well, that can change a little bit next. That year needs to get ironed out because I'm sitting there, so it's like, why are you having, why are you having this guy bunt in this situation when it's clearly not? You know what would you do? Why I, I get part of this is sort of the roster construction of what Jed has given him, but why are you constantly giving Eric Hosmer starts? Why are, why is or, Christopher Morell on the pine for, you know, why is, what, why, why is did, Alexander Canario on the bench for two weeks straight after hitting a grand yeah, slam? Why are, why are he in PCA barely playing when <clears throat> the guys that you're, I, I get part of it is, you know, ride the guys that got you here. But at the same time, these guys are gassed. They're tired and they need, a break here and there to keep them fresh and, and we need to know, win like we need, you, to, <laughs> we need to win and need to make the playoffs to and yeah, have a chance like, at a world series to get these guys you exactly know? so i don't know i don't know i i'm whelmed that's my yeah that's what I, I, say. I think that's fair i'm, I'm kind of same boat i'm not i'm not surprised i'm not upset but i'm not excited um the one thing i will say gabe kepler did get fired by the giants he doesn't have a I don't think he has a high enough stand. He's not like Madden becoming yeah, like yeah. where you're you just have to dump your guy to get this guy where you have a consensus top manager. I don't even know who that would be. Yeah, I wanted Kapler when we were looking for managers. And right. obviously Kapler had that great year where like the Giants played above their expectation, way above their expectation. But even then, it's like watching the past two years. I was like, I'm kind of getting off the Kapler train too. I'm like, ah Mr. But, Sabermetrics getting off the Kapler chain. Yeah, because even <laughs> Even Kapler, I was kind of. Uh, oh, I, to be fair, I don't want really to watch the Giants, but I don't know. It's again, like Nick said, it's not like a Madden hire where you're like, oh, you just got to get them. I the only person, I mean, like even it's like because I don't know how I like Bob Melvin if he's gonna get fired from the Padres. Like I don't even know if I'd get oh get Bob either. Like I like Bob Melvin a lot too, and obviously he had to deal with his own problems with the Padres GM being a total Michael manager. But I don't know if I would dump Ross for Bob either. So. I'm trying, I think I really the, the last Davey Martinez. I don't know. I don't even. Eh, I don't even know if I'd do eh, it for him. But yeah. I like. I like him a lot as a manager. Actually, I might. Yeah. I might do it for Dave Martinez. Um, 
who's why can't I think of his name? The There's uh, Bruce Bochy with tech. Oh yeah, Dave Roberts. Dave Roberts. Yeah. I'd jump on Dave Roberts. Yeah, I would too, but he's never leaving. But, uh, no, he's never leaving. Los Bruce Bochy just had well, Bruce Bochy obviously is not gonna leave the Rangers. He just brought them to the playoffs, but he's another name. That's I think that's it though. That was, yeah. I mean, it's maybe. tough because like because then that's also the argument of like do you get some like really old manager like oh, almost in, like the twilight years of their career but it's like well they won world series with the team in 2010 and you're like great but you know we, what are we know now? how tony Larusa went exactly for the yeah. white Sox, so, so it's like i think know. i think the only exception to the not wanting to go after an old guy honestly i'd still be okay going after dusty baker but i think that'd be the only nah, I say, <laughs> do, do you want to save justin Steele's arm <laughs> We have Dusty. a lot of nice pitching prospects. I don't really want to introduce Dusty. I, I think that. he's I've gotten seen, over the. We've seen this movie before, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, but it's been 20 years. He has to have learned a few things since then, right? Mm. <laughs> yeah, right. but I mean, I mean, also, and then we can move on. Uh, you know, all these names we mentioned, too, are like all these older guys. And that's the thing, too, is like there has to be younger managers coming up that are going to be really good. And so it's like. Yeah, maybe just kind of ride out the ship with Ross, and then you just you go find that young, you find that Mike McDaniel of the of the baseball world, where it's like, oh, like here's a guy that gets it, and just because he doesn't have the experience, like no man, like you're you're missing something if you don't hire this guy. So, Tag, this is know. a Tag, this is a Chicago franchise. We wouldn't that's even true. interview the next Mike McDaniel. That's, that's true. You're also correct. That's very. You know very who spot I on. think? You know who I think might be interesting to keep an eye on if you ever decided to get into managing. Hmm. Buster Posey. Well, yeah, yeah, he's him. Like guys, like like catchers, like that. Obviously, yeah. would be interesting hires. How um, hilarious would it be if the Cubs hired Yadier Molina? I was about to say that. I was about to I say. I like, want to say that. He's, 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 he's dirty. Yeah. He's destined to be a manager. I'm sure he'll go back to the Cardinals. Yeah, I, the I think. Comes, he, uh, how hilarious! He managed would Team that Puerto be? Rico in the world. He did baseball. manage Team Puerto Rico, and they also well, you know, they kind of played above and below expectations because they played below because they didn't have him actually playing and doing all the work but also because he was still so involved i feel like puerto rico played a bit higher than they did but this is already back in march so i don't remember yeah. but yeah he he'll he'll manage he'll probably manage the cardinals you'll get more of the cardinal way um and uh whatever anyways we've been talking about this forever we haven't talked about the bears so <laughs> well, we're, we're only at like 15 to. 20 minute mark and yeah i think we're kind of just procrastinating on the bears um, yeah we really don't want to do this <laughs> uh dropped at 31 28 after being up 28 to 7 well we got to yes. start with a we got to start with uh, oh andrew's we got to do all the update. news don't we well first first andrew's big update uh the press box food got a much needed upgrade for breakfast, he had a large cinnamon roll with bacon bits, and he said it was fire. That sounds incredible. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, so a Andrew can't be with us today, but he was uh, he covered the game in the press box, actually. I got to talk to some players. got some really good insight. He left us all his notes, so I'll be sprinkling that in as we uh, discuss the monstrosity that was the loss to the Broncos. Well, let's do some stuff that happened during the week before the game. We'll just go in <laughs> chronological order here because all of it's a – joke yep I insert bad word before joke of your choosing I, I caught myself but uh so for starters the biggest joke of them all three weeks into the season matt eberflus held a leadership team meeting meaning the players leadership council for the chicago bears and uh they had a nice conversation about efforts and determination 
And he left the meeting saying he saw the, or he liked the look he saw in everyone's eyes. I'm sensing a lot of collaboration between there. That's another word from an old Bears coach that, uh, <laughs> three weeks into the season. I, I'm not even going to say it. We'll just leave that in the yep. ether and let you guys make your own, uh, uh, conclusions from yeah. that. Uh, Chase Claypool made the news again. Um, he got interviewed and said he didn't think he was being used right or optimally and uh, got benched this week. Oh, no, no, he the- got no, he, he was supposedly given a choice to stay home, but then the Bears came out and clarified that it actually wasn't a choice that they had asked him to stay home. And then Matt Eberflus was like, yeah, but we expect him to come back to Alice all Monday, which is today. And then today is like, no, we told him to stay home the entire week. So now they're like, so, so yeah, Chase Claypool is on the trade block. And I think this is a good point. Uh, um, I'm just going to read verbatim yeah. what, uh, yeah, what Andrew it. had wrote <clears throat> for <laughs> uh, Claypool. Claypool is a prima donna who plays like dog shit on the football field, despite having all the talent in the world. I'm convinced that nobody in the building likes the dude, and it's easy to see why. I called it at the time, but the decision to trade Claypool has been a complete disaster and one of the worst trades in franchise history. Whether he eventually gets traded or outright cut, I'm glad his time in Chicago is coming to a close. Strong words from uh, our very own Andrew Freeman. I I do tend to agree with him. I'm happy it's done. I understood the trade at the time when Ryan Poles made it. Made it. It, looked wor- it looked worse in hindsight because it ended up being the – 32nd overall pick, but like there wasn't really a path. We didn't think we were getting the number one overall pick to be able to trade for DJ Moore at that point, the free agent wide receivers. We had nobody to throw to. I understand why he made the move and I understand why he even overpaid a little bit to do it. But yeah, it's just been an absolute disaster. I don't know if I'd go so far as to say it's one of the worst trades in franchise history. Admittedly, I cannot think of another one off the top of my head. The only Greg thing, ever. Greg Olson. Greg Olson going was was tough because Mike Martz didn't know how to use a tight end that can catch like Greg Olson. I know. Uh, the The only thing, the only reason why I wouldn't put, I mean, this is re- it's a really bad trade in, in franchise history for sure. I just think like at least it's not like it's not like our yeah. Herschel Walker trade. Exactly. You know, like yeah, like this wasn't a yeah. team that was like trying to find that missing piece and gave up like, everything for a bad player. This is a team that's like, oh man, I mean, I don't know. We got two second round picks. Like it's not like one the. Of them? It's not like the Russell Wilson trade for the Broncos. Yeah, it's not yeah, exactly. like the like, Deshaun Watson trade where, you know, Deshaun has not played nearly as well for the Browns as they would have right. hoped. And they gave up all that capital and it just left them like we gave up a second round pick, like the thir- yeah. the 32nd overall pick, essentially a late first. That's not the difference in whether or not this team can be improved or not. So, like, I right. that's it is it is a disaster of a trade, but I wouldn't say one of the worst in franchise history. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, Tevin Jenkins, the news came out today. He uh, got rein- – well, okay, I don't think he's been reinstated yet, but he has come he's, off of IR and is practicing. eligible. He is practicing? Okay. Yeah, he participated in full today. Awesome, I didn't see that. So uh, we have offensive line help coming, hopefully, for this weekend. All right, do we talk Much about this? Line help. Do we talk about this disaster of a game now? I guess we have to. Um, (laughs) I can't even use the excuse of I I did have to work during the game. However, I decided that since we have a Chicago sports podcast, I should probably find a way to watch the games. And I'm paying the $15 a month for NFL plus so that I can rewatch games after. And so I did sit this morning and I I didn't do that. My nun has turned a 90 this month and we had a 
party for her during the game. So I was like passively watching the game as we were doing that. Happy birthday, Nona. I love you. <laughs> and thank you for sparing me from having to watch this piece of crap team. Do you talk about the good or the, let's talk about the good first and we yeah. can end on a bad note, I guess. Yep. <laughs> we'll do the opposite of what you're supposed to do psychologically. <laughs> oh, I always do that when they're like, good news or bad news first. I'm like, good news. I want to hurt. Like, <laughs> wrong with you? Give me pain. <laughs> yeah. Um, so some of the bright spots, Cole Komet had an awesome day. Uh, two touchdowns, I believe. Yep. Um, Khalil Herbert also had an amazing day. Uh was running the ball really well. I can't remember exactly when it happened, but he had that one play where he carried the pile for like seven yards. Um, So that was awesome. Great effort play. Uh, He also went off. I think he had well over a hundred yards on the ground. Um, Justin Fields looked like an actual quarterback. I only saw one scramble. By far the best game he's had as an NFL quarterback. He was incredible he finally threw for over 300 yards four touchdowns he when when we got excited about justin fields when we drafted him this is the justin fields that we wanted and i get it it's the broncos defense it's a terrible defense but he still had it's still, straight he still completions. great he was thrown with anticipation he, yeah he completed his first 16 passes i think it was the he first a, incompletion was the hail mary at the end of the second half he had a perfect which pass I feel like rating half time. yeah it's he played very well from what I've heard. I, yeah, I no, don't I don't I, think you can attribute all of that just to the Broncos defense. To me, he came out, he was looking confident. He was getting the ball out quick. Um, look, again, I that, can't remember uh, exactly where the pass went, but there was one, he, he stood in the pocket knowing full well, had a defender running right at him, took a shot, but delivered the ball perfectly. I, I mean – he looked incredible. Yeah, that, that was the play I was going to talk about too, Jordan, was that slant route where, I mean, like the linebacker is bearing down to break on the route. The corner's coming out over the top. Fits in a tight window. The the I was just rewatched that play before we started too. And like our, our offensive line didn't know when the snap count was. You can watch <laughs> it. Like our tackles don't move until they see the rushes already past them. So that's why he had two free rushers coming at him. And he still stood tall and just threw an absolute laser. And that's that's what we need to see. Uh, it's just, man, this team. Yeah. <laughs> now, it now, is, uh, now, now, let's now the bad. bad. Yep. They, uh, go ahead. Defense, man. We're still not getting any quarterback pressure. Um, Yannick Ngakwe is like the only person that even can get in the quarterback's face. It seems like this defense blew a 28 to seven lead in the third quarter. Your quarterback has the best game that he's ever had in the NFL. And you do that. And and I get that they only gave up the two touchdowns. The second one was, you know, a, a fumble, scoop and score. a scoop and score, which I, I blame. I don't entirely. even blame that on. Justin I blame, I blame that almost entirely on Luke Getze. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, dude. I, uh, Oh, Luke, how do you, Luke, how do you keep calling that play? <laughs> He's like, called that play multiple times and Justin's get hit every time. Like, how do you keep calling that play? It's been a theme with this coaching staff that they just do not adjust. It, it doesn't matter if it's working. If it's working, they stick with it until it doesn't work. And then they just keep doing it, hoping it'll work again. And if it's not yeah. working, they just keep trying it, hoping it'll work again. It's it a- seemed like every big play we gave up, I, I, I was trying to actively look for this. And I, I'm, I'm kind of proud of myself because the thing I sucked at the most playing Madden was reading defenses. But alas, the thing I noticed was every time there was a big chunk play for the Broncos, we were playing in off zone 
every time. And it was always just receivers finding the holes in the zone and sitting. I've said it every week that we've had an actual Bears game, a meaningful Bears game this whole football season. Our cornerbacks are large and physical. And I know most of our starting secondary was out, but still, our cornerbacks are large and physical. They should not be playing zone. They should be playing press man every single time. Jam the receiver at the line. Use your physicality. Disrupt the quarterback's timing. Allowing these Jerry, allowing Jerry Judy to find open space is stupid. He is faster than everybody else on the field. You are not going to catch him. You need to jam him at the line and disrupt Russell Wilson's timing. Don't let them find holes in the coverage. Andrew, Andrew has his notes here that after the game, he was able to talk to cornerback Terrell Smith, and he mentioned that uh, in the final drive, the Bears were playing cover two on that big play that put the Broncos in field goal range. It's just like, yeah, this is cover two. Everyone knows that you're just going to sit in cover two. It's the same old lovey defense. It's uh, he, sa- he says here, this is what the organization gets for trying to recapture lovey nostalgia instead of actually building a modern football team. It just it doesn't make sense that we hired a defensive guru to be well, our I head think coach. I think it's fair to say that he's not. I mean, it's clearly, clearly, I mean, he's kinda, not. yeah. It's like when we say we hired an offensive guru for Nagy, and it's like right. We hired a defensive. Well, that, mind- that's the thing. We we hired a guy who was supposed to be a defensive guru, yeah. who clearly isn't any kind of guru other than how to blow a big lead. Because this is the first time in franchise history, I think, oh, what was the stat that I shared? It was a tweet. Um, 25 points. They allowed 25 points. Yeah, but how many, how many in a row? What is that, like 10? Not so <laughs> 14 in a row. 14. 14. 14. No, no, not total losses. Amount of games no, 14, we've lost. Yeah, I think it's been 14 straight games of, of 24 points, points given up or more. Well, the 14 losses is also a franchise record. So. Yeah. It's 15. It's, no. Is it 15? I think, or no. No, it's 14. I don't know. Whatever. It's Whatever. too many. It's a lot. It's way too many. It's too damn high. <laughs> Shout out to 2008 election memes. But anyway, um, this is just ridiculous. We have not seen a Bears team consistently this bad, I don't think, in our lifetimes, really. No. This is... And this was supposed to be a turning point, and it has been anything but. It's, it's worse than more of the same. We have regressed. And I... I don't want to watch this the rest of the year. I know the McCaskies do. don't. I like it. <laughs> I'm a masochist, but I I know the McCaskies family policy is not to fire coaches in the middle of the season. But God damn it. This is the worst I, I can remember. I, I want think- it. Just cut ties. I think on. one of the few things saving Matt Eberflus at the moment if they were going to fire him, they're not going to do it this week. The Bears have a game Thursday yeah. in Washington. They're not going to fire him on a short week. But if they lose, <clears throat> if they lose, if they lose an embarrassing fashion on Thursday in, in Washington, they have 10 days to think about it. I think all bets are off. I think if you're if you're going to fire him, you do it. Then you maybe start shopping fields at that point. I don't think it, I think everything is on the table. If we, win, if we win, you still fire him. He should Honestly, just be gone. He should just be gone. Like the I like if, I can you, you like the worst thing that happened would be like we win like thirty one to zero because then they'd be like, all right, we saw the improvement. You can just keep your job. Like if I don't. You, if if they lose and they don't fire him, then the Bears are not a serious organization. I mean, we know they're not a serious organization. Yeah, but I mean. you have to fire him if you lose. This has been the worst start. I possibly in franchise history, certainly since I've been alive. I This is worse than Mark Trestman. 
I'm I'm fully comfortable saying well, that, that again. I, I think we talked about Trestman. it. I think we talked about it last week. Yeah. We are at Mark Trustman levels of bad three games We're into the season. That. I mean, think about just the last two weeks. You had the quarterback kind of calling out the offense, like the play calling and the coaching. You had. Uh, you had all the injuries you had the defensive coordinator who may or may not be in trouble with the FBI rumors at Hallis hall getting raided hundred thousand dollars of like gators and equipment getting stolen from soldier field, getting blown out on like in a prime slot in front of Taylor Swift. And then you have the, this Claypool drama and then your quarterback, the quarterback, your hope. I, I said it earlier, but he's the guy. He's the whole reason the season is important. He is what you are building around. He's your centerpiece. He finally has the game that you know he you, that you hoped and wanted him to have, and you blow it. You blow a three-score lead, and at the end of it, it's not the discussion isn't, oh, look at how great Justin played. Maybe he can build on that. Maybe he has some momentum. He's feeling good going into the Washington game. Now it's the turnovers at the end of the game. It's the fact that he had the ball in his hands and threw – an interception, whether or not that's his fault or not. He gave up the strip sack, whether or not that's his fault or not, or you hate the play calling. He's wearing that loss. So he, there were reports he stayed in, he stayed in his uniform pads on for a half an hour after that football game. You cannot tell me he is in any kind of strong mental state. And, and, And I'm not saying he is a mentally weak person. No, by any means. I am saying this is not an environment anybody can reasonably succeed in and feel good about themselves. He played out of his freaking mind on Sunday, and all we can focus on is falling apart in the fourth quarter like we've been doing for the past year and a half. It's I, We have ruined Justin Fields. I feel so bad for Justin Fields because he's awesome. I love how he carries himself. I love how he plays the game. We have ruined him. And honestly, if we can't keep him and turn things around around him, I hope he goes somewhere and has an awesome career because that's what he actually deserves. By the way, in case you were wondering, the Bears have had two coaches in history with a winning percentage in the 200s. Uh, Matt Eberflus is not one of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I looked lower. it up too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the longest the Bears have gone without a win in a single season was until week eight. Um. In 1969, under Jim Dooley, and under or in 1997, under everyone's favorite Bears commentator Dave Wanstatt. So, yeah. got a got a little ways to go before we. Reach yeah, but Eberflus has. Yeah, but Eberflus has for an overall winning percentage. You got John Fox at 291, Abe Gibron at 268, and good old Matty E is at 176 right now. So that's uh that's a pretty good that's a pretty good win percentage, if you ask me. Uh for some comparison from the recent coaches, Lovey was a five sixty-three, Mark Tressman was four oh six, and Nagy was five twenty-three, but we all know that's elevated because Most of that was twenty eighteen. Yeah. Fangio's defense. Yeah. So yeah. yeah I think Lovey Smith cursed us on the way out the door because I mean it, he went to but he also helped us. But he also helped us. Yeah, yeah he <laughs> he's did. also bear he for did. life still. I I got nothing bad to say about Lovey. It's just oh, I love you him. fire him after going ten and six. Like that's wow. when this downward spiral started. Yeah. And I don't know, man. This is just infuriating. I I don't know what else to say. 
Kevin Warren needs to, if we lose this game on Thursday against the commanders, which I'm sure we will because Sam Howell has actually been playing pretty good football. The commanders just took the Eagles who were in the Super Bowl last year to overtime this past week. We're going to lose this game. I have no hopes at all whatsoever of us. Do we want to, do we want to guess the line? Have you guys seen it? I have not seen it. Okay. Isn't it like seven and a half? No, you were that was my that guess. Joke. That was yeah, my yeah, guess. Yeah. My guess is uh, Commanders by seven and a half. Uh, I'm going to say Commanders by six and a half. Oh, Commanders by four. Uh, Jordan gets it. When I looked at it last, I don't know if it's moved Ooh, at all, but I looked at it, I think this morning it was six and a half. Hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, one touchdown. I, I figured yeah. as much. Um, yeah, it, Kevin Warren needs to step up. I, I I know the McCaskies don't like firing people midseason, but if we lose this game, you gotta you gotta kick this whole team to the curb. I mean, well, I, th- I think I mentioned this last week, but like Ryan Poles reports directly to Kevin Warren. Now that's the new leadership structure. Matt Eberflus reports directly to Ryan Poles. Does Ryan Poles make a move? I I feel like I feel like you need to like at this you point, have to, something needs to give. Man. And I mean, I think too. Like like I said, the only reason why his job is safe for now is because Thursday night game. But I mean, that last play after they lost, like seeing Ryan Poles uh, after the fourth, the failed fourth and two or fourth and one, and Poles is just like in the press box, like just dead face, like staring straight ahead, like you, like that is the face of man that's like I'm gonna ruin everybody, and if he doesn't again, it's like one of those things where it's like we wouldn't be surprised because this organization's so bad. But it was one of those things where it's like, dude, like. You watched that game with your own eyes, Ryan Poles, and you've watched this team how they've progressed and regressed. Really, like you got to make a change. And this, oh my gosh, that's deep. Well, just the the bullshit <laughs> lines from Eberflus about you know oh, this yeah. is a team based around discipline and bullshit. Yeah, first bullshit. of all, they're not they're not disciplined at all. And, Second and of the, all, yeah. Wait, wait, what's what's the hits? It's hustle. They're not hustling. It's intensity. There's no intensity here. Everyone's dejected and dead. Uh, what's the the T turnovers? They're not they're turning the ball over, but they're yeah. not getting takeaways. And smarts, they're not playing smarts. What the hell was that sequence at the end where they try they tried to do the hard count to it, the decision oh to go for it on fourth down? He's still might be hard enough. We didn't even touch on that, but it's so stupid, so stupid. If you're oh, gonna man. burn the time out there, <laughs> then you do it to kick the field goal. Otherwise, you just run the play before the timeout happens. Like, what are we doing? Well- I don't know. I know you said you were only half watching the game because because of Renona's birthday party. But if you listen to the commentators, yeah, they were saying the same thing. Yeah. What the hell are they doing? Because they said when Justin Fields went from shotgun to run up to get right under center, the defense shifted and there was a freaking hole there for him to run right through to get yeah. the first down. So they should have just snapped the ball instead of trying to get all cute with it. They had a play. And then they hand uh, the ball off to Khalil Herbert when everybody knows the ball's going to put Khalil a Herbert. A shotgun run on fourth and one. Just what are we it's doing? Just, that doesn't make sense. Anyway, well, we because should, if it wasn't that, then it was going to be uh, a tight end that running. Yeah, yeah, which, which is the most also, what the hell obvious is thing ever. Like even though we got that one early, like in the game, I was like, "Come on, dude! How did you? How do you see that? How bad that play failed? Like week one, or whatever, and then be like." Do it again. I'm like, it's so obvious. Like, do you guys remember when Matt Nagy, anytime Cordell Patterson, Cordell Patterson in the backfield, yeah, yeah. there was a handoff to Cordell Patterson? Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting there, I'm like, they're going to hand it off to him because he only put him there yep. whenever he was getting the ball. So it's like, despite the fact doing? that he was like a great screen receiving yeah. back and could just exactly. like, would just run through guys for 25 yards. Yeah. And look, so good. So funny. Remove God. all of that from the equation going, going back to the tight end sneak plays here. 
Your quarterback is six foot three and 225 pounds and is the most athletic person on the field. Give him the ball. Just give him the ball. Yeah. He can do it. You don't need to give it to your tight end. <laughs> if anything, give it to your six foot three, 225 quarterback and have your however six foot five, 255 pound tight end push him. Do what the Eagles do. I mean, come. It just, I'm so done. I can't anymore. This team is going to drive me literally insane. Justin just needs to watch like Brady tape. Brady is the master of the QB sneak, and he was the master of doing it while staying healthy. Like, yeah. I think part of it is because they're kind of scared he's going to get hurt because he does do weird stuff on the sneaks where it's like, what are you doing, Justin? Just like, I don't know, man. I think Brady's overrated for some, like in some areas, but like QB sneaks, he is not. He was the master of it. He knew exactly how to always get that yard and stay and like be completely fine. So watch the tape, call him up. I don't know. <laughs> Do something, man. Because <laughs> this is Just insane. Stop <laughs> doing direct snaps to Cole Komet on short yarded situations. It just, it's, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Next week they're gonna do like a jet sweep with like Khalil handing the ball off to Valus Jones. It's gonna be like fumbled on the exchange. I'm gonna just gonna call that now. I don't know. I feel like I hate this team. <laughs> I hate it. I'd rather watch them do Wildcat sometimes. It'd be like, why not? You know, <laughs> if you're gonna be stupid, at least go full stupid. <laughs> let's let's once just, again let's just want not win another game until like week 10 or it is whenever we play Carolina and they haven't won another game. So we can have just the ultimate tank bowl on Thursday night. That's dun, all I dun, want dun, because dun, either dun, way we dun. get the number one overall pick. That's <laughs> exactly. all I want out of this. So, I, I'm so tired. Also, but, uh, well, once again, <laughs> ladies, Nick and I are both single. And if we're willing to watch a football team every single Sunday, that makes us this crazy. We're never going to leave you. So I'm sorry, Brie. Bears I'm sorry, I watched the Bears every week. They really tested me. You know you're not going to stop. It's like it's like watching a, a slow-motion car crash. You can't look away. I'm, in, a, just I'm in an abusive relationship with my football team. Oh, God. I think, and my I think, baseball team. You know, I think my, my wife also team. gets it so much, too, because, you know, she's watched her dad religiously watch the Chargers <laughs> and Padres, so, like, she gets oh, it. You know, like, they have their own torture. And it's like, I'll call her, and she'll be like, what are you up to? I'm like, oh, I'm watching the Bears. They're losing. And she's like, okay. <laughs> hey, you know, at least at least in the Bears defense, our team mascot has not become a verb. So we got that going for us. Nobody says Bears going to Bear. Everybody says Chargers going to Charger. So it yeah. can't be that bad, can it? It's going to be at least we have a Super Bowl win. Woo! <laughs> From 12 years before any of us were born. Well, yeah, 12 almost, for me, 11 for 40 you. 40 years ago. We're coming up on 40 years. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, um, we should probably move on before anybody refers us to a psychologist. I need um, to talk about Connor Bedard. Or yeah, run, run through really it real hard. quick. I'm going to go through it really dark. <laughs> we talked about the okay. Bears too long. Um, okay, so the Blackhawks had uh, three preseason games. The, uh, last Thursday against the Blues, they won 2-1 in overtime. That's the one I was able to watch. I was not able to watch the other two. The one on Saturday was not televised. It was in Minnesota, uh, but uh, Connor Bedard didn't play that day. The only major prospect that I saw in the lineup was Korchinski. Um, so nothing really of note there. And then on Sunday, yesterday against the Red Wings, uh, they lost 6-1, but it doesn't matter. It's preseason. Um, the one clip I did see was that Connor Bedard had a really nice deke. He just completely undressed a Red Wings defender and got a, a shot on goal. I mean, it was he didn't score on it, but it was beautiful. But uh, Thursday against the Blues, I thought Bedard looked really good. He was uh, seven to ten on face faceoffs. I think partway through the third quarter. I don't know what he finished at. I tried to look it up. I couldn't find the stats. But uh, third period. Thank you. In the third. 
Did it stress oh, you play quarters to hockey? Quarters. This is the Come problem on. with switching yeah. in between yeah. sports. The guy that doesn't even care about hockey at all. I told y'all, I'm you. gonna be yeah, like I'm not gonna watch preseason because I don't care. But once the season starts, I'm not missing a game. All right, I'm gonna be the biggest yeah. hockey fan <laughs> you ever seen. All right. Um. Anyway, yeah. So Connor Bedard, partway through the third period, was seven for ten on faceoff. So you, if you were at all worried about his ability to be a center at the NHL level, he's got the faceoff uh, down, which is really nice he did not score but he had two assists uh the first assist he had a shot and went for a rebound Kershaw buried it and then uh he assisted on a really nice pass to Anthony Sioux for the game-winning goal in overtime uh so he looked really good I thought Lucas Reichel looked really good he's looking great at center that line looked really good um Jordan's favorite player Marcel Marcel the big 6-4 I forgot where he was from was he from uh uh, Czech, Czechoslovakia or Czech Republic, wherever Czechoslovakia doesn't exist anymore. It's, it's yeah. the Czech Republic, Mike. but, but he looked good. He made, he, he didn't see his name called a lot. He didn't get on the score sheet or anything, but he got some time on the penalty kill. He, was, he played pretty solid. Um, unsung hero of the night was uh Blackhawks fan favorite, Corey Perry, who like three shifts into his Blackhawks career, gotten to got into a little bit of a got a little bit of a fight with one of the blues players who laid a pretty big hit on one of the prospects. I don't remember who the prospect was, but uh Corey, Corey Perry got in his face and like dragged him down and he got a penalty for it, but the United Center gave Corey Perry a standing ovation, which I did not think would ever happen, but look, he, he's our scumbag now. So, that's great. <laughs> you hate it when they're not on your team, you love it when they are. Yeah, exactly. Um that's all I really have from it. Overall, I it's the preseason. You don't want to put too much stock into it because you know you only got you got a lot of AHLers in there with some NHL talent. But overall, I really like what I saw out of Bedard, and that's really what matters. And and week starts late October. Uh, uh, no, week from tomorrow. Ten yep. ten, I think. Right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Week from tomorrow. Cool. Not a very long preseason, huh? No. No, because they I'm learning. They play a lot of games because they're gonna, yeah, because they're gonna break their bodies. Yeah, Yeah. that's that is crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like football on ice, but the same schedule as a basketball season. It's it's insane. But uh, anyway, should we move on to complete one ease? We are actually going to do four stars this week. I promise. We will. We'll get it. We've been depressed. There's not been a lot to. There haven't been four stars worth it. Yeah, and honestly, it was only because like Nick was like, "We're doing it again." That like I even wrote one because I didn't want to keep. I like I was I was hoping that it was just gonna die on its own, like, <laughs> just because of how bad like we've all looked in the past few weeks. But well, we do it. have we have hockey starting up. We got basketball and and we got football that are all going to be happening at the same time. So should be a little easier. There's only we only got to double up in one sport now instead of quadrupling up in one sport. So yeah. yeah. Well, onto the one eighties. Uh, with Andrew not here, I guess I'm batting lead off here. Um, I'm going to be honest. I didn't really, I wasn't able to come up with anything just because the bears being terrible has occupied too much of my brain space. And I've been working a lot more lately, which is a good thing. But, uh, so I'm going to admit, uh, I, as a 26 year old male, I have finally, come around and started watching anime consistently for the first time in my life. Wow. That is not where I thought that was leading. Oh my God. <laughs> Jordan <laughs> earlier, earlier you made a pitch to the ladies with your loyalty and that just, went yeah. Out the yeah. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, for those of you that don't know, uh, Netflix has tried doing live action adaptations of different anime. Now, I guess I, I didn't see it and I haven't seen the anime, but uh, the first one was movies. Cowboy Bebop, I guess. I don't version know. of one piece the only and... anime i've watched is naruto because i read the manga that's it yeah, so i'm not, I'm not, not your guy anywhere near that but anyway um so they came out with a live action version of one piece and i was like okay well i should probably watch the anime to get some some background data and i, I do the english dub i am not doing japanese with english that's subtitles lame See the, the English dub for One Piece is pretty good, but ladies, is this the man? <laughs> yeah. he's, he's, taking he's taking shortcuts. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if he's taking but, shortcuts uh, with his anime, he's taking shortcuts with you. I, I gotta say, first of all, the live action adaptation was pretty good, pretty faithful to the original. Um, and I am liking it so far. I did not realize when I picked One Piece to venture into that world that there are damn near 520 minute long episodes. So I'm going to be occupied for a while, but uh, it's pretty good. Um, if and when I ever finish it, I will probably watch another big name one. Like I guess Full Metal Alchemist is really good. I might try Cowboy Bebop because I've heard that's okay. I'm not going to watch Naruto that i don't want to do the whole fighting like <laughs> like yeah. back and forth like them staring at each other i don't and just know screaming I, yeah i don't know how people but... can watch the show like like because oh. i watched like the first i watched before shippuden because then shippuden is the second is the second half of the story which like first of all in the manga got dragged on way too long. i'm gonna get nerd out it would drag down way too long like it's like it went from like the first half was like 25 volumes and then the second half was like 50 on top of that and it dragged out way too long and then the show adds filler episodes that weren't even in the manga where it's just more bored like oh god it's so bad i, I can't stand I, it or whatever i used i watched it when it was like originally airing on cartoon Network yeah yeah when I, was a kid. Yeah, both were, and yeah. I, I i remember loving it and i i'll go back and watch it from time to time and i don't Unbearable. i don't know how i it held my attention like i'll go back yeah. and watch it like there's so many like flashbacks and just like people repeating things that are happening it's just like okay yeah. skip 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 because it's so cool in our imagination let us I run know, with right? it when we were kids but yeah i think so you go back to his doll and you're like oh yeah. my god <laughs> hurry yeah. up that's why one piece is actually pretty good and the english dubbing is actually pretty good too I'm, I'm realizing now as i'm older that the reason some lines are choppy is because they have to fit everything that they're trying to say into a time space that's been allotted for somebody to say something in japanese mm-hmm so like I, I give them a little bit of credit for that, but for the most part, like it's not weird if that makes sense. Like it it feels mostly natural. So I'd recommend it if you're if you haven't watched any anime and are looking for one to get into. One Piece is a good place to start. Other than the fact that it's five hundred episodes. Oh, another uh, recommendation for those of you looking, and it's been said a million times by people on like the internet death note because it's only one season that's a, and I so can like death note. yeah you can you can get through yeah you can get through like 17 20 episodes whatever it is and then you're done so that's a good one uh i watched that in high school that's a good one yeah all right well tig what do you yeah, have so, for us today well you know it's kind of funny this one is actually kind of a late change i had like i had like three ideas rolling around i wrote like a whole script and i was uh, for like blink because blink 22 is releasing a new album coming out and i was the toss so i was like i'll just talk about their new album when it comes out um next week though everybody uh on october 6th roger waters releases dark side of the moon <laughs> redux and 
Uh, he's released uh, Speak to Me, Breathe. He released Time and he released Money so far. Um, and they're all awful, but you have to wait till <laughs> next week to hear the full the full spiel. I'm going to listen to this album multiple times for you guys to get all the nitty gritty details. Um, but anyways, so today, a little quicker one uh, was... I had this thing where like a couple weeks ago where I was like, I would love to just be a high school football coach. I want to be, I, first of all, here's the thing. I don't want to actually coach the kids. I want to just be a coordinator and just be like, do the play and just tell the coaches to like teach them how to do it. You know, like, I don't want to like teach them like technique. I just want to be like, <laughs> I drew up, I drew up this in my basement while <laughs> at two in the morning while inebriated, like, here we go, kiddos. But I've always thought about like, oh, I'd want to be an offense coordinator. Cause I think that'd be really fun. And then I'm like, no, I want to be a defensive coordinator. And I want to teach these kids the 46 bear defense. And I'm just going to tell these kids every single play. Go. We're going to, we're, yeah, we're going to blitz eight. We're going to blitz eight guys. Every single play. I don't care. I, I'm going oh, to teach them like one play. That's going to be like cover four just in case. And then every other play is just going to be blitz. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get, and then you, you know, talk about Tampa two not working anymore. The oh, 46 I, defense yeah, definitely is, does not work anymore. Here's the thing, though. Right, the one thing that's saving grace is that with high school level, anything's possible. Like, especially for like that's a high school quarterback. Like, yeah, there are gonna be a couple quarterbacks that are gonna be better, but depending on the level that you play at, if you just send eight kids, you think this high school quarterback's gonna know what to do with the ball? He's gonna be like, uh, <laughs> get rid of the ball, throw it. Like, as long as you just wrap up, kiddos. We'll be good. <laughs> We're going to beat them up. And that's just, I am willing to live and die by the blitz. I hope that I get a chance to teach, uh, to coach like some high school ball. Just a defensive coordinator. I don't want to work my way up through the ranks. I want to get hired as a defensive coordinator with no experience. <laughs> just dial up like 10 plays that are all just engage eight in various forms and see what happens. Roll the dice, baby. Um, but that's, you know, but also part of that got to go into the bears, obviously with the pros that you don't can't get away with it as much, but that's just like, comes down to talking about and all this coach speak and how much I hate it of like execution and just, I'd rather face a team or I'd rather be on a team that knows 10 plays back their hand that can just execute it super well than watch a team with a hundred plays that they don't know what they're doing. And the bears seem so totally lost right now. And it's, it was sad about the bears is that they only, they seems like they have like they only have 10 plays and they don't, and they don't, even, and they don't execute those. So um, future high schools, when I uh, eventually start teaching like physics to high school kids and like start making fun of them when they make fun of me, uh, I want you to take this as my resume to be your defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator. I mean, I'll take that too, but that's going to be, we'll have fun on offense too, but defense, I got it. I got the play special ready. every play. See, yeah, that's right. I, I think I think as a defensive coordinator, you're going to try and run the 46. But if you are an offensive coordinator, I can see you as like full coach Klein from the water boy mid mental breakdown. Like he fakes to the left. No, he thinks he's faking to the left, but he fakes to the right. I don't know where I am right now. No, man. If I, yeah. If I was an offensive coordinator, we'd have fun because I I would take that I would take that too seriously. Like I, I if I was like teaching at that school, I would 100% neglect the teaching duties to coach. Kind of like my actual high school coaches. So I mean, it kind of makes sense. But. <laughs> and uh, just remember, kids, what Mama don't know won't hurt her. No, just kidding. Don't actually use that. Don't. It, it's a quote from the Water Boy. Oh, don't it. actually use that. But Nick, before I get into trouble. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess since, 
since all I do on this podcast is talk about teams that break my soul, I have to address my beloved Illinois Fighting Illini. Oh, here we go. <laughs> you know, a few weeks ago, before the season started, I was super excited. We had a we had a really great season last year. Really built. It, it, we really felt like we had a foundation to go and build forward. It felt like. Brett Bielmo really knew what he was doing. And I gave maybe a slightly optimistic prediction of a perfect season. It might have been a little bit optimistic, but you know what? I felt like they could come within a game or two of that. You know, I I, I think that would have been nice. And I should have known, like, off the top, they played a nail-biter against Toledo, which Toledo, to be honest, among the group of five teams, are a pretty good team. But they took, they, Illinois made it way too much of a game. Like, a Toledo hung around. I believe Illinois had to come back and win. If not for a miracle pass, I in a last second field goal, a little lost that. Then you get embarrassed by Kansas, which was not fun. You played a close game with Penn State up until the half and then got embarrassed. You played Florida Atlantic really close. And then you go to Purdue, who have been floundering, and you just get absolutely embarrassed by your old defensive coordinator. Guys, what are we doing? What are we doing? Why? I, I don't know. Can I have nice things in life just for once? Right? No. I'm, I'm, I'm not allowed to have anything <laughs> go my way in the world of sports. Like, nah, this is just, I'm cursed. We all and, are, man. And uh, you know what? I'm, I'm fine with being cursed because it builds character. And yeah. trust or me, I have a hairline. I have a lot of actually no no my hair my hair looks okay. Mine is receding. Mine is receding pretty yeah. pretty fast. And I have, I have very scared. nice hair. It is definitely like my best quality. <laughs> it's definitely not my personality. <laughs> I, I'm a fucking personality. Anyway, that's uh I didn't really have a formal rant plan, so I think that's just it. I'm just disappointed and I'm tired. <laughs> in uh in case right. anybody's wondering um Illinois is tied for uh, the worst record in all of the Big Ten, both conferences. With that cannot be right. It is. Overall record or conference Overall record? record. And conference record. Well, conference record I get because they're 0-2. But... Um, so Illinois, Nebraska, Indiana, and Michigan State are all 0-2 in conference and 2-3 and overall. So. Has Northwestern won two games? Uh, that's, that's what it says. What and the they're fuck? one and two in conference. <laughs> Nick's like, right. you guys are worse than Northwestern. <laughs> no, we're tied with Northwestern. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. Because I, oh, cause, no, cause they have the, is cause, one and two in Because they beat Minnesota. Because they yeah. beat Minnesota. Yep. So you're worse than Northwestern right now. <clears throat> I was telling an officer one day how, cause he's like, I don't know. He's from like both like Georgia and Ohio. And I was telling him I'm a Notre Dame fan. And he's like, really? Like, not Northwestern? And I was like, no. No, <laughs> <laughs> no not Northwestern, sir. <laughs> I, uh, I would like to say my college football team. You picked the them last week. This Wisconsin, doesn't count. Is three you picked and one them last overall week. And 1-0 and oh in conference. No, you picked them last week. This doesn't count. <laughs> my team. My the team Wisconsin the Badgers. So my proud. team. <laughs> my Wisconsin Badgers. I can't wait till like next year. And he's like, my Michigan Wolverines are five and out of the year. You know, you're like, oh, good one, dude. No, I, I will die hard fans since September of 2023. <laughs> yeah, I will not bandwagon. I am sticking with Wisconsin. I, through it would be kind thin. of funny if like like you know, five years down the line, like Jordan is like the biggest like 
fanatical Wisconsin fan, like bigger than we are, like Notre Dame and Illinois fans. Growing up as a Cubs fan, I hate bandwagoners. I hate them. So I'm not going to be a bandwagoner. I picked Wisconsin. I will stick with Wisconsin until I die. I am not going to say I'm going to be Mr. Like tattoo the W or I think, it, I think it's Bucky the Badger. I could be wrong, but the, yeah, the get, Badger. Get the Badger's a tramp. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing that, but I will, I will claim Wisconsin and I will own that I have claimed Wisconsin from here on out. It's on the internet. It's never going away. I'm not going to abandon them. Fair enough. <clears throat> Fair enough. And right. I'm Wisconsin. I'm Wisconsin. Wow. That was, that was a hell of an episode there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with that being said, We're about we rant about Roger Waters for 10 minutes. That's, <laughs> I'm so excited. Tune back in next week for I'm so Tiger. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. For that one too. I was like, I was so mad that it didn't release like a couple days ago because I was kind of square. Like I said, I was scrambling and I was like, man, if only you really, cause I already got it already. I already got like half of it worked out. <laughs> it's all. We'll extend Tig's 180 so yeah. that he can. Oh, you're gonna have to. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm gonna go. Tig, you can crazy. have my time slot. Yeah, you can have mine. I won't do one next week. The entire complete 180 section is actually <laughs> just Tig ranting about Roger Waters. Oh man! <laughs> All right, before this gets any more out of hand, I'm wrapping the show up. Thank you guys so much for watching. If you for some reason found this entertaining and and were laughing along with us, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. Follow us on your favorite podcasting platform. Once again, I am Jordan DuPont. Joined by Nick DeCola and Tyg Mullen, Andrew Freeman took the evening off. You can find the show on Twitter at 4starpodchi. Check out our website, 4starpodchi.com. You can find Nick on Twitter at ndicola21, Tyg at tmmullen007. And I am still going to pitch Andrew even though he's not here because he does have some other awesome projects that he's always working on. Uh, he writes for the Bay Report at 247sports.com. He does his tracking the trenches report for them, if I remember correctly, where he yep. tracks offensive line play, uh, does a great job with that. Definitely something cool to check out. And he also does the Picks for Polls podcast. Once again, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back here again next week. I'm sure ranting much more than raving, but we'll be back. Yep. Enjoy the rest of your week and have a good night.